book four chapter twelve of the spy company a story of the mexican war by archibald clavering gunter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by john brandon book four miss godfrey's father chapter twelve my dear daddy that evening miss godfrey goes in very happily on her father's arm to supper this has been hastily spread late at night to him she says her eyes lighting up as they sit down for the first time at the head of your table my dear daddy it is a profuse meal though served in homely frontier style by a bright-faced mulatto girl called milly over it she tells her father of her journey from new york and her adventures after leaving corpus christi perhaps her account of the ranger captain's care and guardianship of her is slightly too fervid during this her father looks at her once or twice with so perturbed a countenance that she says hastily you don't think i did wrong in coming across the prairies alone with a frontiersman you know it was to see you i had got so far I felt that I couldn't wait any longer for your kisses. Then she questions a diffident confusion on her features. You don't think I'm too grateful to Captain Hampton? Oh, that's all right. Your journey's over. That's the end of it, remarks Godfrey. You're, you're too tired, my, my child. There is a slight hesitancy in his expression best go upstairs zelma your girl has arrived by wagon what you want is to sleep for a day or two he suggests oh i'll wake up tomorrow for my first day with my father putting her arms around him the girl kisses him tenderly and runs upstairs where she finds that a plain chamber in this backwoods house has been made as pretty as possible for her use it is handsomely furnished for the frontier has flowers and jugs upon its tables she has also noticed in the sitting-room a piano that has been purchased for her in new orleans and sent up by wagon from matagorda from her window she looks out upon the prairie to the west and sighs to the night wind hampton and goes to bed and though worn out sleeps a sleep that is not always dreamless for in it are indians and war hoops and rifle shots and she rides again in the ranger's arms on his bareback steed that blissful ride when he had plucked her from the death that seemed to claim her the next morning estrella awakens to find the bright sun lighting up her pretty chamber and to sniff the perfume of flowers that milly is placing about it the wench with a little salute says missy massa said as how he wouldn't expect yo to breakfast this morning he lowed yo might be too used up not too tired to meet my father cries estrella and springs out of bed smelling the beautiful flowers with which her room is decorated she murmurs to herself daddy he thought of me this morning he has plucked these himself 
in the adjoining room her maid is working on the little wardrobe brought across the prairie zelma is my muslin frock ironed she asks it must have been must fearfully on the mule miss godfrey always feminine though she has brought with her only one gown has selected one that she feels sure will make her look well in her father's eyes she glances at her watch and cries mercy nearly twelve o'clock papa will be waiting for me to her maid she says you seem tired zelma just make me pretty for my father then take a rest and laughs no more an indian maiden dad shall see how his daughter looked civilized miss godfrey her eyes full of love trips downstairs and pouts to find that her father has ridden out five hours before to look at his cotton fields a bright idea flits through her mind and calling milly she goes to work at domestic matters from these she springs her face radiant as about an hour after godfrey comes riding up to the house and throws his reins to a negro boy running out to him she cries come in to lunch papa dear and see what a housekeeper your daughter is putting a kiss on his lips she leads him into the dining-room which had been quite homely in style and furnishing but now has been made under her hands bright with flowers and its table adorned with snowy linen what do you think of a civilized meal she says proudly ah you expect company asks godfrey a curious nervousness in his tone his eyes opening at unwanted luxury for till this time he had lived in almost backwoods manner his bearing being that of a man unaccustomed to the world his face one that has borne the brunt of outdoor life his clothes and manner also indicate he is a plain frontier planter this only makes his daughter more tender to him she cries no only you nothing is too good for you look prairie roses on the table and i've had everything cooked that milly said you liked so they sit down she radiant and he quite well content but the meal being over and milly having gone away she says archly standing before him take a good look at me dad what do you think of me civilized papa see silk stockings and slippers she displays in daughter's freedom dazzling ankles exquisite in their molding and dainty feet decked in parisian style then suddenly gasps you you're not ashamed of me for a red flush has flown over her father's face and there is a somewhat abashed look in his deep eyes as he gazes on his daughter's loveliness no he stammers but i-i was afraid with your fine dresses and highfalutin things you might be ashamed of your frontier daddy apparently almost forcing himself he glances at the beautiful figure the girl makes before him favoring with a little paternal pat her superb shoulders that gleam white as marble under the sheer muslin of her corsage as he continues 
i was afraid you might put on shines with me and be hard to control and oh no father she says simply her eyes lighting up with devoted love understand me i intend to give a daughter's full and entire duty to you at this declaration godfrey's face becomes easier he takes estrella's little shell-like ear between his big thumb and strong forefinger gives it a slight pinch and laughs then be very careful miss flushing yet pleased at the familiarity for until this time her father had been somewhat more formal with her she whispers that's the way i want you to treat me just as if i had been brought up here on the plantation and had always been under your charge and accustomed to obey you that's it dad accustomed to obey you accustomed always to obey you for you will give me your guidance and direction and correction eh my little girl he observes his tone having grown more confident and dominating gazing into his eyes she sees that her father will exercise the authority she has so freely yet gracefully conceded and in the exuberant love that she has kept waiting for him all these years she is happy in the familiarity of his control and dominion yes when i need it i suppose she murmurs and hangs her head bashfully and nestles to him a little but i'm going to be a very good girl she cries in sweet enthusiasm indeed i am papa dear and seals her promise with a whole-souled daughter's kiss well since my little girl's going to obey dad in all things remarks godfrey his voice quite confident i'm going to go and look at some mules i'm shipping to matagorda for uncle sammy oh can't i go with you why certainly i had feared that you were too tired not too tired to ride with you she cries eagerly but a moment after pouts i have no horse why there's that mare you rode across the prairies what mulefoot yes captain hampton left her as a present for you says her father oh he always thinks of me miss godfrey flushes with pleasure there's a tender look in her eyes that causes a cloud to cover her father's face but this she doesn't notice having already run from him to get ready for the excursion the moment their horses are at the door she comes down looking like an indian princess her face flushed at hampton's gift and pats the glossy neck of the mare turning to her father she laughs i'm barbarous again no riding habit so i'm an indian maiden oh my superintendent will have your clothes and fixins up from matagorda very soon remarks godfrey heartily and puts his beautiful daughter in the saddle then the two ride off together through osage orange hedges and paths bordered with wild flowers for a look at the great plantation as they lope over the cotton fields her father explains to her the great extent and possibilities of the estate they go into the cattle corrals to inspect the mules ready to be sent down to matagorda for uncle sam you see there's going to be a big war estrella he says cheerfully and this is my first chance to make big money oh then you'll have to leave me here and go on to matagorda soon 
her eyes grow misty at the thought of his parting from her not a bit my superintendent who is down there is a man of the finest business ability a great friend of mine also remarked godfrey adding rather earnestly when he comes up here i want you to like him strella of course i will any friend of my father's cries the girl enthusiastically and they enjoy a very pleasant afternoon though once a shock comes to miss godfrey standing in one of the cotton fields waiting for her father who is giving some directions to an overseer the conversation of a nearby negro gang that gaze with darky curiosity on their young mistress who has given the toiling creatures some kindly words comes to her ears Fears like the hand of god ha been put upon us and an angel had come down on dis ere plantation or it's a big congo man can't be no angel in hell honey answers the woman sadly then the driver cracks his whip and she places her pickaninny under a bush and goes with the rest of the gang to wielding a hoe through the long rows of the unending cotton fields knowing the exaggerated expressions of the negro race miss godfrey doesn't give any great heed to this regarding it simply as nigger talk but still the whole plantation has an animalism in its great gangs of slaves working in the cotton fields under their drivers that isn't entirely obliterated by its somewhat romantic surroundings the outlying log cabins of german settlers who cultivate their own little farms among its islands of sycamores and oaks being diversified by several blockhouses each garrisoned by a few frontiersmen and hunters as they ride back her father says were it not that this place is a big one and able to protect itself we would have been wiped off the face of the earth in these last few years by the raids of mexican rancheros or forays of the comanche as it is we have to keep a pretty sharp eye for our scalps but this war will finish up the ranchero raiders and then this country will settle up and be frontier no more it shall be frontier no more to you dear papa from now on remarks estrella gaily as she springs off her horse full of the idea of introducing some of the elegances of the world into her father's big adobe backwoods household consequently godfrey who has departed on some plantation business chancing to return a little later and step into his bedroom starts astounded and questions nervously what are you doing here daughter mending dad's trousers replies estrella this is quite evident the fair princess of domesticity with the sleeves of her dress rolled up to her dimpled elbows is seated in daughter's familiarity at work with needle and thread on his frontier wardrobe which in truth has much need of attention by gum he mutters that's real kind even fear of a hiding won't make milly keep the buttons on and he looks grateful but shamefaced as estrella cries papa dear you are to buy a new suit of clothes the next time you go to matagorda your daughter wants you to look scrumptious at his supper also he finds some confections 
the young lady had learned to manufacture from mr martin's chef in new york these appealed to her father's palate so greatly that he says daughter them kickershaws are better than any i have ever eaten in the tremont house galveston for this is the nearest to the great world estrella discovers godfrey has been in the last twenty years reflecting that during all this time he had been accustomed to nothing but this rough-and-tumble frontier plantation devoid of all elegances of life until she entered his doorway the girl sighs to herself and dad endured all this to give me a fortune whereupon she introduces a little more civilization into papa's life by sitting down at her piano and singing as he smokes his cigar some of the tunes that have lately pleased new york as she finishes godfrey says you've made a new world for me my daughter god bless you i don't want you to ever go away from here again no father i won't that's right you marry some texas fellow who won't take you from me and we'll settle down here yes father her cheeks are blushing some texas fellow who won't take her away from here she knows one ah i'm glad you see the thing in my light observes her father pleasantly as she sits herself by his side and takes his big hand in her little one papa says the girl suddenly captain hampton must have spent a good deal of money for me there is that horse that zelma rode and other expenses oh as to the money i'll take care of that replies godfrey rather testily his voice has a slight command in it as he continues don't you trouble hampton as to the mustang your gal rode it has already been sent on to san antonio by the way he adds i've had your wench down at my office and registered her in our livestock cracky i never guessed you had such a valuable piece of property in new york that girl with her white skin and fine lady airs will bring twenty-five hundred dollars in the new orleans market if she'll bring a cent oh you'd never think of selling her cries estrella mother had zelma since she was almost a child don't you remember you wrote once that if she was faithful to me zelma should have her freedom what manumit that likely piece of goods that ain't jim godfrey's way cries her father angrily then he stammers i i wrote about her and looks astounded yes but that was before you were wounded at rock springs replies the girl wounded so you couldn't write to us for nearly a year though noting the hand she holds in hers bears the signs of injury she is somewhat astonished to see that it is his left one not his right oh ah uh, yes answers godfrey hastily but at that time i had so much upon my mind the wench probably went out of it i had to build up this plantation and resettle it when i came back here there wasn't a living thing on all this place but a dog every nigger had run off every white slaughtered except harry love cries estrella what who's he 
these are too hasty and anxious questions why the ranger i told you of who with captain hampton escorted me across the prairie harry love who was a boy here before the massacre before the massacre shudders godfrey the horror of that awful time seeming to come into his face yes his father and mother lived over there in the cross timbers and were killed with the rest but he escaped here estrella is startled as she has spoken her father's features have grown almost ashen he has staggered to the sideboard and taken a long pull of whiskey muttering harry love the boy wild harry escaped yes i i remember him and he remembers you too he said you were the kindest-hearted man in all of texas he but i couldn't get him to stop here last night his father and mother had been killed just out there and he couldn't bear to look upon the place that's the reason he has never come near live oaks in these ten years then she half screams father the recollections are too horrible for you for he is looking at her wild-eyed and shuddering don't bring these recollections up to me child pity your poor old father and don't let this harry love come here the meeting would be as cruel for him as for me every old face brings up your mother and your stolen sister and sinking into a chair he puts his head in his hands stepping to him estrella tries to pull his hands away to kiss his face but cannot apparently he doesn't wish her to see how the memories of the harrowing past have unnerved him so she presses her lips to his forehead reverently murmuring poor papa and goes silently away end of chapter 12 recording by john brandon